Uh, hey guys, welcome to the No One Is Listening podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Steve, and today we'll be talking about the pop culture year interview with Jen. Uh, say hi, Jen. Hi. Uh, all right, so you know, let's just get right into it. So this is the 2015 year in review. Uh, 2015 is about a week, a week and a half old now. I thought, you know, that was enough time to you know, digest everything that happened and also gave us some time to research some things that we may have forgotten about from earlier in the year. Um, you, why don't we go into something that is our forte, right? Movies. We'll just jump right into movies. Um, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Yeah, I mean, I can go first or, like, I can name a movie and you can name a movie. It doesn't matter. All right, you know, why, why, why don't you, because I like, I actually like your, your list better, so why, why don't you go first? Um, so when we were talking about doing this, I really had to, like, sit and think about, like, the movies that I watched in 2015 and, mm. like, honestly, like, I couldn't remember a lot of good ones. It was, it was tough. Um, yeah. It was tough and I don't know what it, I don't necessarily think that it's because the quality of movies that were coming out were bad or anything, but I just, I, one of my favorite things to do is to actually go to a movie theater and watch mm. movies, but mm-hmm. I don't think I did enough of it this past year. Agreed. So, like, when sitting down and, like, even, like, trying to think about the movies that I watched, like, it was kind of a hard, um, exercise, but there are a couple that stood out for me, um, and I'm pretty sure they're on every single person's list, but we can, we can... Yeah, I, I doubt we're gonna name a movie that like you nobody's know nobody sure. nobody's even heard of. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wish I was artsy fartsy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great French movie, but like whatever. Yeah, there's um, no like, uh, you know, there's no like this year's or last year's version of like Whiplash. Exactly. You know, I mean that's I think that's like one of my favorite movies. But there's no version of that this year. So I think you know every movie that we'll go through, most people will have will have heard. Yeah. Of. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't watch a lot of blockbusters this year and I know it was especially in the summer it was just kind of like a crazy season of like all these blockbusters Mm -hmm. that came out um, and the past month with Star Wars Mania and I really feel terrible but like I didn't watch Jurassic World I haven't watched Star Wars really? yeah Um, so okay let's move on (laughs) (laughs) it's a little bit more than I can Um, but one of the movies that I did see and I think I this wasn't something that I think I would have normally have gone to see because I have a really hard time with movies that um, I like action and thrillers or whatever, but um, really intense things really mm. make me feel like I'm probably going to have a hard time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't actually like watching um, those types of movies in the theater. But I did go see Mad Max. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was because the Rotten Tomatoes ratings were crazy. It was like 98% really? out of like 300 reviews, Jeez. which I think is actually kind of like a super crazy um, feat to achieve. Um, Mad Max was one of those movies where I sat there being like, what the heck am I watching? <laughs> and then even after I had seen it, I was like, what the hell did I just watch? Right. And then it took me some time where I had to kind of process what I had watched. Hmm. Um, and I think the mark of a good movie, I think we might have touched upon this, is how long it stays with you. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say that I kept going back to the movie. And the experience was so intense because it's basically this dystopian um, world set in, like, I don't know, I think they filmed in Africa in the middle of the desert. And you really feel it, like yeah. the priminess, the... Um, just I felt thirsty and hot watching <laughs> this movie. Um 
and it just George Miller, I think that's his name, um, the director. I could be wrong. I'm so sorry. I'll fact check um, that. Yeah. He. It's the world that he's created, um, and what's interesting is even though the movie is part of the Mad Max franchise, at the heart of it is Furiosa, which is Charlize. Yes, 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 yes. And it's her leading, really leading this um, women's liberation movement. I don't know, did you yeah, watch it? Yeah, I watched it, and you know, it, yes, for sure, because Tom Hardy doesn't really have a lot of lines. He's got that one line where he's like, Max, my name's, my name's Max. Yeah. Like, that's it, you know, and... Uh, He's one of just like a handful of like dudes in the movie that that has lines and, and who helped the movie along or progress. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's really Furiosa's show. Yeah, and I yeah. thought that was really interesting. Um, I don't know if if this was not a Mad Max movie. Like I don't know if people right. would have watched it. Watched it yeah. if it was called Furiosa and it wasn't under this like banner of an established. Um, franchise already um, but to be really honest like the plot is very bare bones right there's no like right. there are no subplots or no backstories um, it's literally like quote unquote a road trip movie it's just driving it's right? just driving Charlize Theron's character has to go from point A to point B and then back to point A again that's mm-hmm. literally what the yeah. movie is about yeah. but it's just the intensity the, the cinematography the details in I mean, the details are crazy. Just yeah, I, I think, you know, going, like, to your point, it's really interesting, especially when you read about how he made the movie, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's just, it was just 20 years of storyboards, right? Like, you know, people are asking for scripts. Like, I don't have a script. It's all in my mind. You know, I've just been building this movie, the world of this movie for, for 20 years. And, you know, I remember I had the same feeling, too, like, walking out of the movie. I was like, I need a person, like, playing guitar, and the front of my car. <laughs> like, that's what I need. I need someone who, wherever I go, has, like, this... I don't even know what to call it when the guitar has guitar two like necks. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he, I need some... I'm sure a musician will correct me on that, but that kind of guitar following me around just, like, riffing the whole time. The whole time. You know, just... Yeah. I was so amped. And then, you're right. Like, there's no plot, but then when you really think about the movie, there's so many... Um, there's so much, like... There's so much that it's saying, mm-hmm. you know, without, you know, uh, being... Without actually saying it. Without actually yeah. saying it, you know. I mean, it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, the first thing I noticed when I watched the movie is um, I felt like it spoke about, like, exploitation. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are the women who are the feeders, right? right. There are women who are, you know, there for, like, his pleasure. And then they're, they have these guys or... I think just people who are like uh, universal blood donors, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all that they're that they're used for. And it's you know it it almost what it told me was that like uh, the worst thing that could happen isn't like you know we go back to the Stone Age. It isn't um, loss of like technology. It's that like everyone is just viewed as like a resource. Mm-hmm. You know that's it. That's all you're good for. Mm-hmm. And uh, the unfortunate thing about our society is that like for guys, it's like. That yeah, that's like what that doesn't make any sense. That that's terrible. But for for women, that's almost a reality. Right. You know, that's something you have to fight against. That's something you have to deal with yeah. every day. You know, that you're viewed you know almost as as a resource for men. And you know, in many ways, like it's not just you know purely 
you know, sexual it could, in so many ways, you know, like, oh, we're the moms, we're the support, you know, we're never the main character. And that's why Furiosa was such a compelling character to me, because I feel like this is one of those movies where uh, the main guy was really used to illuminate the female character. Yes. You know, and that's that's why I was like, oh, I, I see what you're doing, George Miller. Like, I, I see you, like... Keep keep doing that. Keep doing that. You know? But again, if that wasn't the case and the movie stood right. solely on right, Furiosa's right. appeal, how well would it have done? I don't know. I mean, probably it's, not. It's well, a question right. that we'll never really know the answer to. But um, no, I completely agree with. Yeah. Uh, Do you get a chance to watch Creed yet? No. And funny story, Steve has asked me if I have watched Creed multiple times by now. <laughs> Um, I'm just I'm just asking just day, in case just yeah, in case twice in a day. <laughs> you do know I talked to you four hours ago and I said I had you not can watched. fit a viewing of Creed in four hours. Actually, I'm just saying it makes me kind of sad because I don't actually think it's in a lot of theaters right now. Get out of here. Yeah, because I like um, you know I just check movie times over the weekends, um, but I'm hoping that with the award season. It might full swing. Yeah. I'm not really sure if they will be, um, if Creed is getting the, um, like, accolades. Right, right. Um, but if they, if, you know, if, if it gets nominated for something, like, sometimes, like, you know, movie theaters will, like, bring it back, and I'm hoping I can catch it then. But mm-hmm. it's it's actually not playing in a lot of places. Oh, my goodness, you're um, right. Yeah, so that makes, that kind of bums me out because, you know, you talk about it all the time. Not all the time. Yeah. Maybe, like... <laughs> You're like half the time. Half the time. And I do love, and I think you're going to touch up on this, but uh-huh. the... Um, yes, my yes. Baby Jordan and Ryan Coogler. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, I guess relationship, but, um, you know, they last, you know, two years ago maybe, um, they did Fruit Fruitvale Station yeah. together, which is my creed, so I, I'm going to ask you. Have you watched it yet? <laughs> no, no, I haven't watched Fruitvale Station. It, mine is much worse because that's been out for years. <laughs> um, but... You know, uh, my God, Michael B. Jordan, holy smokes. Like, the first thing you notice is how, like, shredded mm-hmm. he is. But then you get into the movie and you're like, this guy, this guy's amazing. He's a star. He, he is. He's got the acting chops. He's got the looks. He's got the charisma. Did he, you ever watch Friday Night Lights? You know what? I tried. I tried. And it's good. Oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Here's the thing, though, right? The problem, not with Friday Night Lights, but just... TV shows back then in general, man, the seasons are too long. Seasons are way too long. It's like t- over 20 episodes, you know, so yeah. they have to take stories that could fit, you know, right. 10 to 15 episodes and drag it out for yeah. another, you know, seven episodes, right. you know. And so I didn't even get a chance to make it to this later seasons when, when he's out, the, you know. Yeah. Um, but everything I've seen him in, I, you know, it's, it's funny. My first uh, experience with Michael B. Jordan was actually later on in his career. It was uh, Chronicle. The Josh Which Trank I movie. I actually really enjoyed. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, the Ryan Coogler... I, Michael B. Jordan's obviously, like, his muse mm-hmm. at this point, right? And uh, Coogler, I think, probably... Well, how many movies do you have to make with a director before you become their muse? I think two. Okay. I so think two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think you need two, and it depends on how well those two movies perform, especially how well that actor does in yeah. those two movies. But I think, you know... How many did uh, Channing Tatum do with Soderbergh? I want to say it wasn't too many, right? 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. I don't think it was too many. It might have only been the one, actually, to be honest. But um, the first magic mic. Yeah, the first magic mic. Um, and so I think Coogler probably on my list of like the top four American directors right now. Okay, you know? actually, then you do need to watch Fruitvale. Yeah, yeah. What else has he directed though? I don't know. I just loved Creed that much, to be honest with you. I just love Creed. And I don't know, maybe it's because I love the Rocky series. Yeah. But um, this movie was... It it brought you back with, uh, like, nostalgia, but it wasn't... If you really look at it, this, the plot is... I'm not going to say which one, but it is, like, almost identical to one of the Rockies. But for me, like, what was so amazing was it... It brought it to like modern times, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a. Uh, have you watched any of the Rockies? Um, Rocky Four is a movie that I love. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, uh, did you ever watch Rocky One or Two? I'm pretty sure I have. I don't remember. I, I mean, but everyone knows the scene. You know the scene where like he's like running yeah. or whatever, and everyone's chasing him, and then he reaches the top of the steps, and he does like the Rocky pose, yeah. and the music's playing. Um, there is a scene where Meek in Creed, where Meek Mill is playing in the background, yeah. and he's. And this is also this movie is also a quasi Nike commercial where he's got um, you know just like all Nike stuff mm-hmm. on and he's running through the streets and instead of like these kids following him or him running by himself and saying hi to like the local food vendors like in Rocky he's got these kids on like dirt bikes just like running around and it's it's a scene in the trailer too and man my heart was about to jump out of my chest i wanted to run out of the theater and punch someone in the face it it got me so hyped um i think this movie really does kind of it's rocky from modern times and it does this and i think that's how they had to do it in order to sell it to stallone to come back for it and to let let them even make the film you know uh which is listen like we're going to respect the past, but move in a different direction, you know, all at the same time. You know, it's not a remake, mm-hmm. you know, it's not even a reboot, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, a, we're going to take it to a, a different direction, right. you know. It's not Rocky Seven. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I love that. Uh, and this is also something that Star Wars does well, right, which is the main character is in a white guy. Right. Yeah. Um, in Star Wars, that's when again J.J. Abrams. Uh, even though I have his issues with him, one thing he does great is casting. Right. So Star Wars is a is a, a white girl, mm-hmm. a black guy, mm-hmm. and a an Hispanic guy. Right. Um, those are the three main good guys, and you know you have Adam Driver. Right. Uh, and with Creed, it's Ryan Coogler, black director; Michael B. Jordan, black actor, and you know. They just kill it. Right. And it's phenomenal. And, you know, it just goes to show, like, you don't need... This is going to sound a lot more harsh than, than I mean it to, but you... You don't know. No, I'm going to do the flip side. Talent has no bias, right? Racial yeah. or, or, yeah. or in terms of race or gender. Like, talent has no bias. All I think all people need is an opportunity to showcase their talents. And if you're talented... That's it. I think you hit it on the nail. Like, I think there are plenty of um, talented actors, but they're just not given the roles or even looked at. And the thing that I'm thinking of um, in this kind of tangent, and I didn't watch this movie, even though I love Jennifer Lawrence. Mm. Um, so speaking of someone being amused, like, mm-hmm. she's obviously David O'Russell. David O'Russell, yeah. Um, I don't necessarily know 
I don't actually think Joy did very well. So I don't think it did either. I don't necessarily know that it's gonna, you know, she's gonna, you know, be nominated for an Oscar like just received the accolades that she's received in the past with all her other works with him. But from the trailers and from what I've like seen, it seems like such a great meaty role and she gets a mm. chance to shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't help think she is not the only actress who can do that. Yeah. Yet she is the only person who not the only person, but she's given the opportunity for to sure. that. So the, all of the stuff that you heap on her, I think she's a fantastic actress. I will watch anything that she's in, but there are other actresses who yeah. can do yeah, that. Sure. It's just they just don't get the opportunity. So it is an interesting kind of, um, I don't know, Hollywood dilemma yeah. that I, we I come th- across. Yeah, I think with me, the reason I give her the pass is, and not that she even deserves a pass or anything. She hasn't done anything wrong or whatever. No. Um, for me, I think the only reason that doesn't bother me as much is because it's always David O. Russell. Mm-hmm. You know, so when it's like, you know, Scorsese and De Niro or Scorsese more modern times and Leo, you know, like it doesn't bother me. Soderbergh and Channing Tatum, because we talk about that. Because those are their yeah, that Yeah, so it, that doesn't really bother yeah. me as much. But yeah, in general, like, I just feel like. Agreed, agreed, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, what about uh, another one that you have for 2015? Yeah, so I'm not really into, like, animated films. Like, <laughs> even when I was a kid, like, I wasn't really into, like, Saturday morning cartoons or whatever. But you know where I'm going with this. Yes, I do, um, I do. God, Inside Out Man. It's good. It's real good. A great movie. Um, I just thought it was so innovative, obviously, headquarters and, like, talking about... Dealing with emotions. But yeah. what I really liked about the movie, I think it's a really interesting um, defense hmm. for the emotion of sadness and how it plays a role mm. in people's lives and people's development. And, you know, it's true. Like, if you see a kid and he's, like, or she is, like, not smiling, I think as adults we tend to be like, what's wrong? I mean, I do that to adults every day. Adults, yeah. Um, when my girlfriend is not smiling, I'm like, oh my god, what did I do? What's wrong? What, what, did I, what have I done now? But you know? sadness is such a natural, not even sadness, but just, you know, we can't all be filled with joy and right. happiness all the time, and there's got to be that balance of emotion. Mm. And I think, I think Inside Out is, is, a, is totally an argument for that, that all of these emotions are, play a huge role mm. in the development of an emotionally healthy person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just like looking at that through the lens of a person who is in their formidable years of development, which right. is really interesting. Um, not to mention, I mean, the casting for Inside Out was spot on. Too. I feel like that you could have done a real life version like, yeah, with that cast. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I definitely missed, like, for me, Joy, and I guess this speaks to what kind of person I am, but Joy annoyed me. <laughs> so I'm just like, clearly, I don't relate to Joy, but... Um, I mean, I think she was kind of meant to after right. a certain while, right? Right. Um, but she reminded... Like, she made me so nostalgic for um, the Hurt Leslie Note character on Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. who I love, and I think Parks and Rec is a great show. So, and Mindy Kaling, you know, I can't even... Um, get into how many people said that Pixar committed identity theft <laughs> <laughs> discussed because in my in my defense I, I rushed to your defense yes, in that yes, thank you, you know, very much I'm mean, even though I yeah whatever but apparently I am 
discussed embodied in real life and that's that's fine by me I did relate to her the most um but yeah like I just thought it was such a great movie and it was so well casted and um Phyllis Smith of the Office oh man phenomenal is so great she was dope she was really so dope um you know I think for me what I loved about that movie was um it really respected uh you know teenage girls yes you know, like or children, or people or children in them. general, right? Yeah. Regardless of, of gender, really. Or, well, actually, I think in this case, I'm going to make it specific to gender because there, she wasn't a stereo. I feel like uh, girls of that age are kind of all the same. You know, the vanilla like cares about like they kind of make or fun of them. How, you know, um, that's how things are marketed. To yeah, you know, it's like they make it. You know, they always make fun of like. Uh, of girls of that age in movies like, oh, look at the stupid things they care about. You know, mm-hmm. look at um, their stupid overreactions. You know, uh, I don't know if they purposefully tried to make her like a tomboy, mm-hmm. but... Um, it I th- was nice. It was she nice, you know, that, that she played hot. Yeah. Exactly, you know. Uh, I think for me what was, you know, uh, like on top of that, it really wasn't predictable either. Mm-hmm. I didn't know well, what they were gonna, yeah. And going. when they, because for me, I was like, oh yeah, you know, it is as simple as five emotions that are separate. And then when you get to the end, and they, if you haven't seen it, you know, whatever, you watch have it. Six months to watch. Yeah, it, so. I don't really care, but uh, <laughs> that's why I tell my Sunday school students on. I don't care, but uh, it's you know the blending. Like you can be happy and sad. Mm-hmm. At the same time, and and, and one uh, a memory can make you both happy and sad, and that I was blown away. I I sat there like comatose. I, yeah. I and you know I, I read some of the not read. Uh, I heard a podcast with him, like on the old Grandland Network, and they're talking about. You know, he was talking about originally it was supposed to be a journey with uh, joy and fear. Only those two. Only those two. Instead of joy and sadness, it should be joy and fear. And, you know, he was going to do something about, uh, you know, how you have to, like, overcome fear. But when he got to the end of the third act, he was like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Right. Like, what am I I trying to express here? And then he redid it with joy and sadness and then got to this point where, you know, the whole point is, uh, you know, growing up isn't kind of, you know, being more happy or more sad or being more realistic it's kind of you know part of growing up is experiencing multiple emotions mm-hmm. at the same time and being able to deal with right. it and so yeah i mean i i don't know where it is on my list of pixar films mm-hmm. um i know it's up there i think it had the most to say to me mm-hmm. uh i don't know where i'd put it up there as in terms of the all the pixar movies but um at least for 2015, definitely, definitely a topic. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I really am crossing my fingers that it, it gets a best picture nomination. All right. So you, if you can, mm-hmm. could you speak to you sent you posted a link on my Facebook, right? Which was yeah, the, that was a while ago, right? Oh, a little, a, a, few, a few weeks ago, right? Um, mm-hmm. for the people that that don't know, what is the best barometer of you know, judging how likely the chances are that a movie gets gets nominated for for An best Oscar? picture, you know, whichever one you can speak to more, you know. I think, it, I mean, okay, so the Oscar is like the creme de creme of it's like the Super Bowl of. Quick, quick question. Yes. Oscars. Yeah. Important or not important? Um. 
I still think it's important. I, <laughs> but I think there are so many other, other barometers that make a movie successful. Mm-hmm. But I think that most people, like, that's the gold stamp that you want. Right, right. In, on your movie. Okay. Um, I think leading up to the Oscars... It's called award season, so it's mm-hmm. from like December to um, like February, where the SAG awards the Screen mm-hmm. Actor Guild, the producer acting, no um, producers, something like awards. that, yeah. Um, and all of um, there's critic circles in like every single city, so there's so many awards leading up to it, and those are um, those are kind of the indicators of what the likelihood of a movie being. Um, nominated for an Oscar is mm-hmm. along with like the directors and the actors and the actresses. Um, I think what I linked you to maybe um, the Producers Guild Awards. Right? Producers Guild Awards, the PGAs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I linked you to is um, like New York Magazine slash Vulture, which Vulture like is their um, pop culture arm of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have a really good. Um, Barometer. So each week they'll update it, and like it'll be like who's oh, interesting. up in like the rankings, based on like whatever's happened that week. And, huh. um, and so it's a really interesting thing to like look at. Um, most people are like a lot of people are into like fantasy sports. Like I'm into this like fantasy <laughs> sports, uh, season um, that you know like I play by myself. But um, <laughs> I like to know like I like I just really love reading up on it. Um, and trying to predict to me predicting who's going to get an Oscar nomination isn't as fun as like me predicting who's going to actually win and we all know that not um, those who win aren't necessarily always like the ones who are maybe like more deserving of winning and mm-hmm. that's like totally subjective right there right. have been instances in the past like Brokeback Mountain versus Crash like that is crazy like looking is back more talked about and yeah. more resonated with society like if you look back on it like if you like now yeah like you know I have another one mm-hmm. uh let me just make sure I'm not making this up and this is in the same uh, I believe this was 94. Let me just double check. Uh, Yes. Okay. Ready? When I was a kid. Yeah. Loved Forrest Gump. Yeah. Right? How well does it resonate now? Yeah. Looking back now, over both Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction. Yep. That is is crazy. I mean, I could, and you can, I can understand at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So here's a question, right, uh, for you. Should should the Oscars be more like what was the best movie now or what will people not make fun of us for 10 years from now? And are they the same? No, I don't think they're the same. But I, the Oscars are, I think, it will always sort of be like in the present, right? So like... Hmm. I don't actually think it should be, like, an indicator of, like, people being like, oh, what will resonate with society, like, 20 years from now? Like, it, it is, it is like, when you look at the list of, like, the people who've won or the things, it speaks to, like, the time, like, mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. But there have been instances, and, like, honestly, this can be, like, a completely different podcast, but, like, sometimes I feel like the Academy, the way it works is, like, okay, so I'm going to name an example. Uh-huh. 
I don't necessarily think that Denzel Washington should have won for training day. What? Hear me out. Okay. Um, he's been he had been nominated for multiple Oscars before that season. You're gonna. Hear I, me. I can't. I can't. No, no, <laughs> but go you know on. What I mean? But like, but there, I feel like there are instances where the Academy is well aware of an actor or a director or even a movie like they try to um you know uh oh god this is i'm gonna like i'm like digging a hole like no no it's okay quote, keep going reward somebody for their body of work and not necessarily it doesn't necessarily like speak and i'm not saying that denzel wasn't great in training day steve like i'm not no no i know i think that yeah. at all yeah. um but I, I mean, sometimes I do think that, like, you know, like, okay, he's been... But given that logic, then I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio should have won an Oscar at some point. And maybe he will win for The Revenant. And I'm, I haven't watched it, and I don't want to watch it, because it doesn't speak to me at mm-hmm, all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there are very specific instances where I feel, I feel like it, it com- kind of comes down to, um, like, rewarding someone for, like either their body of work or, like, what they represent versus, right. like, the very specific performance that they've been actually right. nominated for. So, well, like... If you disagree with me, that's totally fine. No, I mean, I'm just... I'm still reeling from that. But it's okay. No, but I... It, you know what? It's kind of like... Uh, oh, God. Scorsese, when mm-hmm. he won for The Departed. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, same logic. I totally hear you. I... That logic makes total sense to me. I'm totally on board with you on that. It's just that... It's the training day... It's the... It's, yeah, it's that example that, sorry, that, that cut me so deep. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, it's fine. It's fine. You know, but I get you it. Get I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, and so in that sense, like, I don't necessarily... You know, none of these things are indicators of, like, what is a great movie. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, if you were thinking about that, like, I think box office returns should also factor in. But mm. like, sometimes the Academy, um, people do think it's a little bit out of touch because, like, movies, for example, I think Carol, which is, um, stars Kate um, Blanchett and Rooney, Rooney Mara, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. will probably be nominated because leading up to this award season, um, they've sort of been dominating. And it's been a very critically acclaimed movie. Have a ton of people gone and seen it? No, because it's also not a type of movie that like is like blockbuster. It's not going to be a blockbuster. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so if we're if we're talking about factoring everything that makes a movie successful, like I don't mess, I don't, I actually think that the Academy misses may miss the boat on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also the reason why um, a few years back they allowed up to like ten movies. Yeah, in yeah. Future, and now they've scaled it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's all very interesting science. Like, yeah. I think it was like uh, they ha- at one point they said it has to be ten, and yeah. now it's like it's up to ten. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, what is the other movie that you wanted to talk about? Um, I mean, all I had left was Trainwreck. I really enjoyed it. I thought the casting mm-hmm. was great. And twenty fifteen really was Amy Schumer's year, and I don't think oh for sure as yeah. successful as she is or has become. Like I don't think she'll ever have a year of like twenty fifteen. Um, really interesting. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like you only get a breakthrough year once. Oh right? yeah yeah like, yeah. Um, you only get best new artist one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I just thought it was so. I I mean, romantic comedies, when they're actually funny, like makes me really happy. Yeah, I hear so you. So I really enjoyed it, and 
I don't think I really uh, watched many other movies that I want to mention because I think, I don't know, it's just such a, it wasn't a good year for me for to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I think uh, for me, Trainwreck was interesting because on paper, right, it's got everything that I like. It, it should be a movie that I, I want to watch. I love Bill Hader, mm-hmm. right? Um, I love, I don't love... LeBron James, but you know, I, it's cool that like he's in a movie as himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognize a heightened, heightened version of himself. Uh, I recognize John Cena. It's mm-hmm. it's weird seeing him in a movie too. Uh, I think Amy Schumer is great. I think her sense of humor isn't. I, I don't love it, mm-hmm. but I appreciate it. Um, the only the only thing though, what ruins all of that is Judd Apatow. You're not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. He is the least funny, funny person. Yeah. I think I don't like how his joke. When they first did it, it was it was hilarious, right? Where they have a joke and they beat that drum mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And now I'm just like sick of it. And his movies are too long because yeah. he tries to say too much. Yeah. Um, I think. You know, it just goes to show sometimes simpler is better. Yeah. You know, you can say more with less. Uh, it's just, it drags on. And by the end of his movie, sometimes I just, I zone out. Right. And the things he has to say just really aren't that interesting to me. I think it's helpful that for this movie, at least, it was, it's really, yes, it, at the end of the day, he directed it and like it's his movie, but it's Amy Schumer's. Vehicle, like, mm, mm-hmm. and she wrote it, and she produced it, and um, so I totally understand what you're saying because I kind of feel the same way about his stuff. But um, this, I felt like, was a little bit more like mm. Amy's, like had Amy's like fingerprints all over mm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't like bored by it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like line to the end yeah um there were parts of it where i was just like oh that's where they're going with this mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and it got i don't know it could have been a little bit shorter i guess but um you know to be honest like there are so many funny moments in the movie that are not just in the trailer which I right, really right 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 yeah. i th- i think um you know, it's interesting you know we're talking about amy schumer and uh and judd apatow and how long ago does uh, or how yeah, how old does his whole thing with like Catherine Heigl feel now? Oh God! You know, I, and you know, I didn't really make the connection before. And this, I only started thinking about this because you mentioned it. But um, you know, there was a point in time where I was pretty sure he was like a misogynist, mm-hmm. right? And then, uh, and then this, you know, train wreck with Amy Schumer, and even, I'm pretty sure he's a producer on Girls, yeah, right? With yeah, Lena Dunham, yeah. you know, he like and, is really instrumental in like her having the show. Yeah, so it, it does, you know, it. He gets a thumbs up in that department, mm-hmm. right? For sure. And I'm, you know what? Maybe I'll give it a chance. Maybe I'll give it a chance. Because a lot of people have mentioned, like, that it's good, that it's funny. I just, I, yeah, I don't know I what the runtime like is. At this point, like, you can't watch the movie because, yeah, like, there's too much of people have told me this kind of thing. Yeah. Going. Yeah. Um, true, yeah. true, true. Okay. All right. I think that's a good place to, to wrap up. Yeah. Um, you know, that was 2015 movies in we review. Talk about TV, but that's okay. You know, I mean, I'm sure we'll find a space for that at some point in a future podcast. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. If you guys feel like checking out those movies, hopefully some of them are still in the. Actually, I know Star Wars is probably the only one. The other ones, I'm sure you can get on demand or, or something. And like I said, 
if they're critically acclaimed and they get nominated for things. Yeah, I'm sure. Theater. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be back. Yeah, so, all right, thanks, guys, for joining us for uh, another episode, and we'll catch you later. I want to say bye. Bye.